0: The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor? Doctor?
1: Doctor? 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 Doctor?
0: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000.
2: And good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. My name is Steve Cashel. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls, sports medicine specialist and orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush and Rush University Medical Center. A lot of great topics on this week's show, including... Solutions for knee osteoarthritis. 27 million Americans suffer from OA osteoarthritis. We'll visit with Dr. Tracy Ray, who will join us from the Duke Sports Medicine Center in Durham, North Carolina, talking a little bit about motion care and treating patients with uh, knee osteoarthritis. Get Dr. Cole's view on it as well, and the most important things patients can do when diagnosed with osteoarthritis in addition we're going to talk a little bit about uh, dr cole's role with the chicago bulls the nba preseason is underway bulls uh already uh, seen a couple of injuries most notably an ankle sprain by one of their uh, top rookies we'll talk a little bit about how it's treated and uh, also how medicine has changed over the last uh, number of years when treating such injuries. And then Peter Stevens will join us. Peter's from Allosource, Vice President of Strategy Development and Growth at Allosource. Allosource, of course, one of the largest tissue banks in the country. We'll talk about how he and Dr. Cole come up with innovative ways to uh, use tissue donations and transplantation. Some new solutions Allosource has developed for sports medicine patients. It's Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. Back with Dr. Cole to get it going right after this on ESPN Radio.
3: Feeling tired, sluggish, and overweight? If you're looking to lose weight and gain energy, join us in Karen Mulkins' 14-Day Transformation Cleanse. You're going to absolutely love this Whole Foods Cleanse. You'll feel great, lose weight, build lean muscle, improve sleep, boost metabolism, and enhance athletic performance. This VIP Done-For-You Cleanse comes with a 14-Day Transformation Wellness Bag containing MCT Lean Vegan Protein Blend, Fat-Burning MCT Lean MCT Oil, snacks, superfoods, recipes, guidelines, videos, and other surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 14daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at karenmulkin.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-M-A-L-K-I-N.com.
0: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000.
2: Back here on this Saturday morning, Sports Medicine Weekly. Our producer George Katsarillos, our coordinating producer Teresa Ann Segra. Net proceeds from our program, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org dot org fund. Doctor Cole, I'm sure you're aware: 27 million Americans suffer from OA, osteoarthritis. Um, boy, you see challenges with uh, with this uh. Not really disease, That's but a, is it, it is a, is a, a disease. It, it is a disease. I okay. mean, it's
4: interesting because if you think about a joint as an organ, in other words, made up of different types of tissues, it's not just cartilage. It's bone. It's the lining of the joint. There's in, in, in things that cause inflammation. There's all sorts of things that are involved with this uh, disease. I think a disease is a fair it is a fair okay. statement. Yeah, and and you know, I spend a lot of uh, uh, my time working with patients who don't have, say, overt arthritis where it's bone-on-bone but have localized areas of cartilage loss. But the reality is that's almost what we call an orphan disease. In other words, it's relatively infrequent. Arthritis, as you commented, is in the the 20s of millions. In fact, the number I heard was that by 2025, we're going to be dealing with about 68 million people in the United States being treated for osteoarthritis. So it's, it's a huge socioeconomic problem, it's the number one reason that uh, an individual will see a physician for musculoskeletal problems, and um, we're constantly looking for solutions to make people have better function and less pain uh, uh, while they're uh, in the year their prime years to remain active. So, Is it
2: mostly pain, a pain tolerance thing? I would pain say issue?
4: that. Yeah, I mean, I would say that that typically people present because they have pain, then that leads to dysfunction, and those are sort of inexorably connected. And our job is to reduce pain so that people can function at a higher level. And it affects virtually, I mean, it affects the ends of your fingers, you know, the little small joints in your hands. It could—it affects your toes it, and obviously it can affect your back, your knees, your hips, your ankles. It's every joint in your body that is a joint that moves is susceptible to getting arthritis. So... It's a virtual epidemic compared to other things that we deal with.
2: Well, let's bring our next guest, Dr. Tracy Ray, Associate Professor in the Departments of Family Medicine and Orthopedic Surgery and the Director of Primary Care Sports Medicine for Duke Sports Medicine in Durham, North Carolina. Dr. Tracy Ray, thanks so much for joining us uh, here on Sports Medicine Weekly. First question, how do you treat patients with knee osteoarthritis?
5: Well, I would certainly agree that uh, the first thing that I'm trying to do is, is trying to keep these people active, uh, if at all possible. I'm seeing younger and younger patients that come in with osteoarthritis and uh, trying to keep them going to avoid some of the medical issues that we know uh, are inevitable with inactivity and and uh, weight increases such as diabetes or hypertension, um, heart disease, and so on and so forth, uh, the list goes on and on. So. One of the things that I'm trying to do is try to keep those folks uh, as active as possible.
4: Tell me, tell me what, you know, obviously you know we overlap quite a bit. I'm just fascinated to know what modalities and things that sort of show up most frequent in, a, in an office visit with a patient who, say, presents with arthritis of let's just use the knee, which is one of the most common joints.
5: Well, uh, you know, uh, we, we rely heavily on the physical therapist to help us try to build some strength and range of motion. Uh, and so I'm, I'm using a lot of physical therapy. Um, at times we're using bracing, uh, unloader braces that will try to help with the alignment and uh, try to offload the, uh, the part of the joint that may have more wear than other parts that can tolerate a little bit better. Um, anti-inflammatory medicines are simply acetaminophen, ty- Tylenol, uh, uh, and trying to keep patients um, pain-free without having to use any kind of narcotic Type medication, and then as we move on through, uh, you know, different types of injections, um, whether that's a steroid or viscous supplementation injections, and then when we kind of run out of all those possibilities, I turn to somebody like you and and, and uh, discuss possible surgical interventions with some of our surgeons here at Duke. Yeah, I mean, we're you
4: know that's actually a really interesting um, topic. This concept of disease progression and activities you know about 2 years ago we published an article looking at the world's literature on how activity levels may relate to the progression of arthritis of known arthritis and the you know suffice to say that what's out there and that's published is not great because it's a very tough thing to actually investigate but the things that the two things that came up as being relevant were obesity so excessive bmi or obesity and um, having a history of injury in previous surgery, but we didn't find in our evaluation that minutes of exposure, for example, to a high- level sport and someone who has known arthritis was actually associated with making that arthritis worse. I'm curious what your take is and when your understanding of what's out there.
5: Well I would I would agree uh, and I would be just giving my opinion it's not high level uh, evidence, but you know, when I talk to my patients, I usually will encourage them that I, I really have not seen uh, activity cause the degenerative change in their knee. They, there's there's folks that have been out there running and very, very active with their joints and, and weight bearing on their joints for years and never get any kind of arthritic change. So I, I really don't think that the activity uh, necessarily causes the degenerative change, but Certainly, if, if you're in the doctor's office and, and you have an x-ray that shows some of that degenerative change, I, I do think that it is prudent uh, to keep the joint moving, but not necessarily the, the heavy weight-bearing kind of activity. Uh, so some cross-training or making some modifications, and, and I usually counsel my patients to you know consider maybe a bike or, or the pool as opposed to your... You know, you're 25 miles a week of running and the pounding on your joint. Uh, but, again, that's, that's opinion. I don't think that uh, – I think you're absolutely right. I don't think that the literature necessarily um, would prove that. Uh, But in in my 20 years of practice,
2: that's kind of the uh, recommendation that I'm making to my athlete.
4: Intuitively, it it clearly makes sense to, to follow those recommendations.
2: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly. Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Our guest is Dr. Tracy Ray, Associate Professor in the Departments of Family Medicine and Orthopedic Surgery, and the Director of Primary Care Sports Medicine for Duke Sports Medicine, talking about osteoarthritis and some of the um, different modalities you can use. And uh, Dr. Ray, I wanted to ask you, is OA osteoarthritis a result of age, genetics, or overuse activity?
5: I think the answer to that could be yes.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> totally good, a good answer. answer yeah. Yeah. Good, good answer.
5: Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it's really difficult to kind of um, – Look at somebody who's young and, 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 and say to them, for sure, you're going to develop arthritis. Now, certainly some of our athletes who have undergone, uh, some significant injury to their knee, uh, in need of surgery, um, or an injury that didn't even need surgery, but, but actually caused some damage inside the knee. We see post-traumatic changes in those cases. I do certainly believe that there's a genetic component. Uh, to um, osteoarthritis because we we see it um, and we often ask our patients, um, mom and dad have bad knees at an early age and oftentimes that's uh, that's a positive family history for that. Um, so I, again, I don't think that uh, sports activities necessarily cause uh, osteoarthritis, um, but certainly you can incur a lot of injuries that could lead to some post-traumatic arthritis uh, and once you have the arthritis then some of those heavier weight-bearing activities may not be the best thing for your for your joint
2: fantastic out of time dr ray but we appreciate um your authority on this and uh lending some expertise to uh, more about osteoarthritis some of the good things that DGO global is launching as well best of luck in the future thank you very much and we're back with more of sports medicine weekly after these messages on espn radio
1: I'd been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance and scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way, Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget.
0: To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.
1: Cutting-edge research, diagnosis, methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News and World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-Bones. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000.
2: And Steve Cashel back with Dr. Brian Cole at Sports Medicine Weekly. So, Dr. Cole, you being the uh, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls, and me being one of the announcers, um, the NBA preseason underway. Bulls uh, saw their first injury not all that long ago with uh, their prized rookie, Denzel Valentine. I always want to say Denzel Washington or Darnell Valentine for some reason, but it's Denzel Valentine from Michigan State, so he rolls his ankle. But let me take you back to 1977, okay? Okay. I'm playing uh, basketball. I'm a high school student, and I roll my ankle. And I remember it turned all black and blue underneath the bone, and I rolled it, and severe ankle sprain. And they used to take this instrument. I remember I went to a podiatrist, um, and he did this maybe three times a week trying to get me back in action, back in the game. I think it was ultrasound, but I want to ask you, You know, in 40 years ago, how much, uh, you know, science and sports medicine has has changed since then, and how do you treat an NBA player with a severe or mild ankle sprain?
4: Yeah, so my guess is that was probably ultrasound in an effort to get the swelling down. And, you know, the thing is that's your body's natural response to injury is swelling, and especially if there's an ankle sprain, which is really a ligament tear. And if you have a tear in a ligament, there's often bleeding. So that's something that's an inevitable consequence of this type of injury, not good nor bad. It's just part of what happens. So, the thing about an ankle sprain, what we've learned is that you can get a player back to play when he's functionally able. That doesn't mean he's fully healed, but you can get it back as long as he can tolerate amping up without increase in symptoms or decrease in his performance. And you know, the real you know, the first thing, Steve, is it's actually pretty basic. It's just ice. It's compression. And elevation? It's, yeah, this concept of rice, which is rice, uh, excuse me, rest, ice, compression, and elevation is all designed to minimize the swelling, uh, uh, get some of that soft tissue edema or fluid uh, tissue out of there to restore function. But the pain response is something that people have to work through, and that's often the limiting factor. It's less about the tear than it is their pain response, which has to be reduced over short order and try to minimize swelling. And then it's the rehab phase, which is really important because we've got to prevent re-injury. Ankle sprains are one of those things that are pretty receptive to good rehabilitation. And then, obviously, the standard things that we do, like taping or bracing. Uh, but it's a, it's a phenomenon that we've had years where we had very few ankle sprains, and a few years back when all these shoe changes, we had tons of ankle sprains. So it's the sort, It's like the number two or three source of uh, missed games uh, still in, in the Is there a NBA. preventative treatment? Of course, yeah, there is, but not everyone's going to respond the same. And the problem is you land on someone's foot, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. So, um, yes, there are preventative strategies that they work with uh, strength and conditioning in terms of uh, all the muscles on the outer side of the ankle that help to time and uh, contract in a responsible way when – there's a inadvertent force placed on the ankle, so rehab, pre- preventative rehabilitation is really important. Immediate ice, uh, rest, ice, uh, compression, elevation after it happens, and then a pretty rapid uh, progression through activities that don't cause increase in symptoms is the way to get an athlete back safely.
2: But you make me feel good. Maybe for this Bulls player, uh, he can get back quicker than I thought, or it may not. Um, he may not be able to. Or may not hurt it again, it's, right? That's correct. I that's mean, you good. Ask,
4: yeah, I mean, it's fascinating when I go to the combine. And you see you know, about half the guys have had ankle sprains in college. But it's. A, I'm actually surprised to meet guys who have never had ankle sprains. It's just you think of the sport, you're up, down, you have someone underneath you. It's very hard to control all the elements around you. I'm actually surprised they're just not more common.
2: But they're not as reoccurring as you would think.
4: Not generally. That's correct.
2: Good stuff. Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel, back with more Sports Medicine Weekly after this. On ESPN Radio.
1: Returning patients who suffer from cartilage defects to an active lifestyle is the goal. Prochondrix, the latest solution from Atlasource is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograft designed to restore cartilage and restore life. To learn more about Prochondrix or allografts, visit Prochondrix.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org.
2: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Net proceeds from our program, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. It's Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Now, Dr. Cole, I know you work with AllSource um, to help develop new solutions to fo- to solve orthopedic problems, and this just continues to evolve, doesn't it?
4: Steve, I will say that, you know, one thing about going in orthopedics, it's, it was a great it's a great field because... It takes an individual as a really specific problem. We can come up with a solution and most times it works and it's very concrete. But the other great part about doing what we do is we can identify really interesting problems and then work on developing solutions. And um, organizations like Allosource and others have created a very fertile ground for us to say, hey, listen, can we work together to champion new solutions, often biologic solutions, in this case, using uh, human donor tissue, uh, to solve various problems by reconfiguring the tissue and, and never letting it go to waste. So they're in- incredibly innovative and very progressive. And... Uh, can turn things around very quickly. So it's been actually a v- phenomenal relationship from my point of view with someone who's interested in sort of uh, the innovations of related to orthopedic science.
2: source is one of the largest tissue banks in the country, and they uh, process uh, donated human tissue for use in a variety of medical procedures, including uh, sports medicine, which is right up our alley. Let's bring on right now the Vice President of Strategy, Development, and Growth at Ellosource, uh Mr. Peter Stevens. Peter, how are you?
6: I'm doing fine, thank you, Steve. Thanks for asking.
2: Great. First, um, explain to our listening audience your role with Allosource.
6: Right. So, Allosource is a not for profit organization. And as you've already mentioned, we process donated human tissue. And we have the privilege and the honor of working with that tissue. My role is to be forward-looking, forward-thinking in the whole area of technology. So we are constantly looking for new ways of treating that donated tissue to just as Brian said earlier, that we can find new uses for that tissue to improve healing, improve recovery. And as we're moving forward in this area, we coin a phrase called regenerative medicine. And what we're trying to do is, in my role, I'm trying to look for ideas where we can regenerate your tissue and my tissue rather than put in a piece of plastic or a piece of metal.
4: Perfect. That's very easy to understand for a complicated issue. Tell me, tell me about some of the, the sort of next-generation things that you think will be in the, in the foreseeable future available to my patients.
6: That's a great question. If you look back 20 years, we were processing tissue by taking all the cells out of it. We would dry the material, we'd irradiate it, and we'd package it. And then you'd implant that material in someone, and it would help that individual grow uh, and heal. And the recipient would slowly make that part their own. What we're doing now, as we go into the future, we're we're focusing on retaining as much activity as possible that that is in the inherent in the tissue that is donated.
4: How so, what, what are some of the mechanisms that you do that now? How do you make so you're trying to sort of maximize the health of donor tissue? That's the way I, I see it.
6: That's a that's a good way of putting it. Yes, we're trying to keep the tissue healthy. We're trying to keep it alive. One of the interesting things that we've been working on recently is the use of stem cells, and I'm sure a lot of people in the audience listening have heard about stem cells and they yeah, wonder... we've, had it. we've what... had
4: it as a topic many times, so they know a lot lot more about stem cells than many people if they if they're if they're uh, uh, routine listeners.
6: That's great. So we can take stem cells out of the adipose tissue, that little fat area around our middle that we've all been investing in for most of our lives. And we, we can retain the activity of those stem cells and then perhaps marry that up with bone so that in the orthopedic area, if somebody has had a non-union of the bone, you can take those stem cells along with the bone and help somebody who may now be facing an amputation. You may help them be able to complete the union of the bone, prevent amputation, Return to work and and enjoy a normal life, which is tremendous.
2: We're visiting with Peter Stevens here on Sports Medicine Weekly. Peter is with Allosource, Vice President of Strategy, Development, and Growth at Allosource. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole, and uh, Peter, uh, what so? We've touched on uh, some of the um, important innovations in tissue donation, transplantation, but how about some of the new solutions Source has developed for sports medicine-specific patients?
6: Okay, so we have been working on cartilage repair. Cartilage repair is very difficult, and I'm sure you've addressed this several times in your program already. So we spend a lot of time looking at how we can regenerate cartilage growth, and we've looked at that area specifically. Um, We also look at how to improve tendons. So you may hear about um, an athlete having an ACL repair or one of your friends having an ACL repair. The chances are that they will have had an allograft tendon implanted for that acl repair and all of that is about reconstructing the joint to get somebody back to a a healthy and functional life
2: once again we're visiting with peter stevens from allosaurus now peter we understand you signed a space act agreement with nasa and the jet propulsion laboratory can you tell us how this uh, partnership came all about
6: yeah this, this is really amazing and it's probably one of the cool things that we're doing at the moment i mean obviously your listeners are going to ask, what in the world literally does a human cell and tissue bank have to do with NASA? And it's really fascinating. There's there's a tremendous synergy that we discovered. So when NASA sends a vehicle to Mars, they want to make sure that they don't take life on the vehicle because they're looking for life on Mars. So If you take life up there in the form of Mm. microorganisms, you'd contaminate the planet. Mm. So NASA have come up with a technique that rapidly looks for microorganisms of every variety known to man. And so when they take one of these uh, missions to Mars, they've done thousands and thousands of tests, and they have to do them in a really, really short period of time. You remember me saying that our goal now is to try and keep things alive. Well, if we keep them alive, after a certain amount of time, the cells obviously start to behave differently. And so some of the materials that we process have to be implanted within 28 days. Well, the current test method to see if there's any contamination on that implant takes 14 days. And it takes us three days to process the tissue, so that's 17 days and it doesn't take a mathematical genius to figure out that 17 from 28 only leads you 11 days. And Dr. Cole uses many of these implants, osteochondral allografts. And during that 11 days, you have to match the graft. You have to schedule the surgery. You have to deliver the graft. And you have to have the surgery and, and away you go. And you've got 11 days to do it. NASA have a technique to get that time down for us to five days, four days, or three days.
2: Peter Stevens from Allisource, Vice President of Strategy, Development, and Growth at Allisource. Peter, thanks so much for your help here on Sports Medicine Weekly, and we're back to continue our show after these messages on ESPN Radio. We're excited to announce our new Sports Medicine Weekly custom podcast app on iTunes. It's all free. Just go to the App Store, search for Sports Medicine Weekly. Our app gives listeners easy access to their favorite Sports Medicine Weekly shows without getting lost in confusing screens and pop-up ads. The team at Sports Medicine Weekly is dedicated to delivering content to our listeners on the latest in fitness, nutrition, injury prevention, and treatment. Optimize your performance with the Sports Medicine Weekly app. As always, we thank our loyal listening and social media followers. The best athletes
1: in the world and their medical teams have been trusting Don Joy products for over 30 years. With a goal to protect and return confidence in sport post-injury, DonJoy is the trusted leader to get and keep athletes in action. Whether it's football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, or even the official medical supplier to the U.S. ski team, always trust the global leader in sports medicine. Trust DonJoy, a product of djoglobal.com.
2: At Athletico Physical Therapy, we know there is freedom from pain and you can get back to- to doing the things you love. Whether it's running an 8K, playing a game of tag in the yard, or walking safely to your car pain should not slow you down. With locations throughout eight states that offer complimentary injury screens, your choice to go with our team is the smart choice. Visit athletico.com to request your complimentary injury screening and start feeling better with us today. Athletico, better for everybody. You're
0: listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN
2: 1000. Sports Medicine Weekly has been brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy, by Midwest Orthopedics and at Rush, by Karen Malkin Health Counseling, by Integrated Orthopedics, by L Source, by Donjoy Orthopedics, by Midwest, and by ATI Physical Therapy. Many thanks to our producer and board operator, George Katsarilos. Our coordinating producer is Teresa Ann Seeger. We also want to thank David Cole for managing the website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000.
0: The preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000.